Hello everyone and welcome to ReCW, a week look into the world of extreme from episode 1 all the way to 401 and every special in between and that is relevant because this week we're looking at November to remember 1995. You myself Paul, I'm joined as always by Jay and Griff. That cold it's a big rain. one people. It's massive. And the cold November rain. Oh yeah, um, I'm excited about this one because this is the, our first November to remember that I can remember. Yeah, so I mean, the last one we covered in the uh, uh, in the recaps of it, mm. this is our film? first special, uh, first card from start to finish. Yeah, so 1994 we covered in the recaps of it and saw the blinded Sandman and. Mm. Um, you know the, the, all the other shenanigans that went on um but this year we actually get to watch november i i would say that november to remember is probably the the big ecw card for me hmm. um you know it, it, not quite their wrestlemania because it's different levels but just like the history of it and how far it goes back um i think november to remember is probably their what i did it to be their big show there we are the big show yeah so if you miss it it's a great it's a regret you'll never forget yeah i mean and it's funny because i was watching this one obviously and it made me kind of uh think about some of the great stuff we've got coming up and you know the the last november to remember for me is one of the the best ones where you know a certain stephen judas carino um does uh finally puts uh the his his uh, demons to rest and, and wins the championship and i think we all love a bit of sjc so uh cannot wait to get there and do you know why i never went by the the name sjc no because his middle name's eugene i just thought judas made more sense <laughs> <laughs> but i'm looking forward to our date with sjc in november uh but before we get there we'll talk about you see he could have done that that would have worked for him What's that noise? Oh my, Dolly Allen's on his way to the ring for an opening <laughs> bout. How exciting. Uh, what way to kick off a show after hype like this about being the granddaddy of them all. Dolly Allen takes on the Broad Street Bully. Oh, those people that turn up late. What other match? Fucking immortals. Oh, what other match could carry a card? This is, this is, this sets the stakes high. Anyone who you turned trust... up late? Gutted. Um, I must admit, my, my, gripe, the my gripe at the beginning of the show saying, if you don't watch this, this is a regret you'll sort of never forget. And I thought, why are you putting it on the show that I'm watching? Put it on like the pre-show or <laughs> I'm clearly fucking watching it. Especially if this is home video, so you would have bought this. Exactly. I thought whoever it is would have owned this and put it in and go, oh, if you don't watch this, you'll regret it. It's like, oh, I'm about to turn it off, but you called me bluff. I mean, what the fuck? That really annoyed me. So yeah, um, Donny Allen versus Broad Street Bully. The crowd is electric. Everyone on their feet, going mental for this bad boy. And the Dudley Boys come out to so the highway to hell, sort of. Um, Bubba's, <laughs> Bubba's got a coat on. He's got a hat. He's going mental. Everyone's excited. He gets in the ring, ready to do some introductions. He has a little stutter. Um, he gets embarrassed and beats the crap out of both of them and beats them in fifty-seven seconds. Oh yeah. I mean, that's it, really, isn't it? So I, I did enjoy um, that uh, Bubba only stutters, stutters when he talks his, says his name. Everything else is just like off and running. Um, and what I didn't know but loved was the stuttering Bubba bomb. Yeah. Where he goes for the power bomb and like trying to get it up. It's like, but, 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 and then he finally kind of gets it up and um power bombs yeah and have we lost dudley dudley no he i think he's still there he appeared in the other one didn't he we've lost snot yes yeah, because he still killed himself on a didn't no, really no he did hurt himself on a we don't uh, know this thing so we can't what we do know oh my god conan's on his way to the ring to get the respect of the ecw faithful 
Just wants a chance. As he battles Jason Knight with Taz, that special guest referee. The build behind this feud has been outstanding. And finally it's <laughs> here. Right before me eyes. Um, Taz grabs the mic, says a couple of words, punches Jason in the face. <laughs> Conan pins him. 14 seconds. They're done. Yeah, I mean, I've got to admit, so far it's not living up to my billing. Um... So far, you'd be in bed by 10. This is perfect. You're sitting there thinking, oh, here we are. What a show. What a card. Well, I've seen a bunch of matches that I didn't even know were happening. And I mean, they're all about 10 like... seconds long each. Yeah, I mean, it felt like a lot of effort for Taz to, to get his his referee license, find his night. referee shirt, and, and put on his uh, matching trousers. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, bless him. He's done all of this effort. He's gone to all of that. His big thing on November to remember. He's only one spot on this show, and he's already done within like seconds. I remember it with a very, very good, uh, popular face style move. Um, so what do we do to keep this crowd going mental? Stevie Richards comes out, and he bumps into a review in Blue Meanie. Yeah, no, you see, I thought this was the debut. But, yep. See, Griff pointed but, out last you know, week, he was in the crowd. Educating. Educating the eagle eye. Eagle eye. Eagle eye. Griff spotted the meanie with a Stevie sign. But this is his first on-screen hug. This uh, Stevie. So they had a little moment, which was lovely, because they blossomed into a wonderful friendship. And then we get Stevie versus El Porto, El Puerto Ricano. Yeah. Um, and uh, Joey Styles points out that Blue Meanie is from Yellow Submarine, just mm. in case there was any worries. Is that um, cool? In case any legal team weren't quite sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Stevie Richards now has his Flock of Seagulls T-shirt. <laughs> Get away. So yeah, um, this is all right. Uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, El Puerto Ricano continues to do crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Kiss wrote um, a song about that. Crazy, crazy, crazy. El Puerto Ricano. <laughs> yeah, but they changed it to nights instead. It's it's just easier. Less syllables. Um, yeah, so um, bit of a weird match. Not a bad match. Bit of a weird match. Um, yeah, it's a short match, but it's a fun match. The Stevie Bomb, because if you're in ECW in 1995, you've got to do a power bomb that's named after you. Yeah, yep. true. Yeah. I wish they'd done a little bit more of the whole meanie thing, but I understand it's a slow burn. So. I mean, he does walk in and. and you know, try a moonsault, which is a bit of a step up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. salt. It is. Um, so that happens. We then get Eliminators. We have a Jason, that's Saturn and Cronus, versus the Pitbulls. That'd be Pitbull now, 1 and Pitbull 2 with Francine. How are we feeling about the Eliminators knockoff Road Warrior Legion of Doom shoulder pads? Nice. So I'm more awkward about how big Perry Saturn seems here. <laughs> I, I was more awkward. I was more awkward how Jason like just changed from his leather pants to his suit, like, cream pants. His hmm. suit. suit. Yeah, I felt. But yeah, it was definitely very world warrior esque. Yeah, I just didn't. Enjoy it. I thought they were mixing genres too much. I felt the structure of it weird. I thought it would have been better to start the show off with this match and then have Jason's match later on. Or it sort yeah. of Yeah. It sort of takes away a bit. Oh, he's just lost. Now he's back again. Yeah, but if he's only involved in two parts of the show, then, you know, at least you can kind of go where well, he went back and he did that and that was the end of it. Um, 
Yeah. So, uh, not a bad match. Um, uh, Pitbull 2 gets a, a, a horrible cut in his arm um, fairly early on, um, is, which is they it, seem to be worried about. There's a couple of... Um, it's weird. Obviously, I love the Eliminators, and I'm, I'm upset they never got a chance to go somewhere like WWE because they get better, but they're, they're really good like tag team in the sense of working as a team they've got some unique sort of things that they do they're good early on and i'm very surprised of the outcome of is this, is this their first like proper match i know that they've come down and been up and all that, but it was i mean that, the debut was with but, the steiners wasn't it yeah but that's a six person match wasn't it it wasn't even two on two so this feels like their first ever two on two match and to to lose it Mm. And um, I find just... like I like the pit bulls. Again, they they have potential, but some of their stuff is a little bit like power bombs, where you don't think someone's ready to go, but you think fuck it, let's go anyway. And um, they, yeah, you think, wow. they're never going to be a masterclass. The eliminators look no. like a completely different kind of level to to anyone really. Like even the public enemy, they look like a tag team that would not go amiss in WWE. <laughs> Yeah, if, WCW. You, if you flipped over and you said, who's your tag champs? You went, oh, those guys. You'd think, oh, wow, look at them. They're big motherfuckers. But also just, the, yeah, I mean, the, the synergy between the team is very, very good. You know, if if you look at their finisher with Total Elimination, it's still one of the very impressive tag team finishers, which is why you see it continue to be kind of emulated today. I think Undisputed Era do well, a variation. Undisputed Era. Yeah. Yeah. Did a variation of it, didn't they? Um, yeah, I mean, there was another scary spot where I just thought, wow, what the fuck's happening here? Is, um, I think Pitbull 2 might have put, um, I'll say Perry Saturn, up on his shoulders. And I thought, oh, where are they going with this? And then the other Pitbull just sort of launched at him and <laughs> yeah. to the outside. And I thought, what the fuck are they doing? I thought that was complete insanity. But interesting, nonetheless. So, what's what's the tactical purpose of Francine? Just there, aren't you? I'm guessing they want the Pitbulls to have a manager, I guess. I mean, she just continues to be kind of the put in jeopardy so they then get beaten up for trying to save her. If you don't, she might be a well, first she was due to kind of first she was there to feud with Beulah when obviously the Pitbulls are feuding against Raven and Stevie. But yeah. now I'm guessing they're going with her feuding with Jason? Because obviously this obviously like last week he's super not... kicked or two weeks ago, super kicked her. Yeah. And then this week he and, um... kissed her. And yep. then they, the pit bulls went to save her and then got beaten up by chairs. And all she does is just kind of get out of the ring. Um, yeah, she doesn't kind of hit back or do anything. It's it's quite yeah. weird. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a weird. It is a weird one. I mean, they're just finding their rhythm, and they're better work. It. She works. At least she's made the effort to sort of dress similar rather than Jason just didn't fit with the pit bulls at all. No. No. Even though he is the best scout for tag teams I've seen. I mean, Talent in general. Talent Yeah. Q Robbins the third. Yeah. Talent. Well, I mean, the lumberjack. Uh, Finding talent in general, is he? The fuck's the lumberjack? (laughs) Still off cutting down a tree. Still there, taking down ECW from the outside, chopping down the arena. Oh. Can't, he can't rush talent. When he's uh, ready, he's ready. It's true. Pitbull's picked up the win. wasn't the prettiest match you ever see, but it worked. It did. And um, for the first time ever, Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis in the Mexican death match. Just when you thought... I really liked Rey Mysterio's poncho. I liked his poncho. That's probably the only nice thing I'm going to say about this match. Oh? I never knew what a Mexican death match was. I don't think anyone did. 
Do you care to? But obviously, once anywhere? he found out, I was like, oh, okay, that's different. So obviously, the rules are now you can't you you. The rules of Mexican death match is you win the match, so you pin or submit someone. Yeah. And they have to stay down for a further ten seconds afterwards. Yeah, so it's kind of a last man standing match. They've got to be back in the ring standing before the 10 count. Yeah. And obviously this... See, what ruined it for me was I think there was a a pin attempt and a pin successful attempt after like a minute. And I thought, oh, they're going this way already. Yeah. Now, so a few weeks back, um, I complained about the pace of this match they're trying to do something a rivalry to emulate and match the eddie dean rivalry um but the they've decided to go a different way whereas eddie and dean you know kept going to draws kept going to broadways couldn't separate the two of them um you know even in the two out of three falls match they'd win a fall each and then the last one would be a draw um and this one, they went a very different way in the sense of as much as they're trading wins, um, they're trading a lot of wins. Yeah. Uh, and I and I complained that it needed to be done a little bit more slowly or despacito uh, as uh, or despacio as uh, we, we discussed. Um, um, and this, again, is my problem with this is is it's just maddening so you know you've got these two people that are evenly matched apart from the fact that Rey Mysterio scores the first pin after about a minute and a half yeah which again was cool if it wasn't what they'd done already and then psychosis basically just pops straight up afterwards yeah and then they wrestle for a little bit and then psychosis goes on a bit of a tear of winning all of these falls Mm. Must have been about four, I think. And yeah. then Rey Mysterio bravely fights his way back to his feet, sometimes with with literally into the last second or beyond the 10 seconds, but, you know, whatever. Um, I thought it was beyond. And then there was one of them that was definitely kind of three, two, one... Yeah, I feel, oh, like, up. I feel like the first one was definitely beyond, but he just still sort of went, oh. Yeah. Um, and then the last fall came when Rey Mysterio, on his comeback, um, was beating him up by the Eagle's Nest by the point that we've seen so many uh, high spots and, 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 you know, iconic ECW moments already. Um and then ran back in the ring and psychosis, although he got to his feet before the 10 seconds was up, couldn't get back into the ring before the 10 seconds. So Ray Mysterio won, even though he scored two pinfalls to psychosis four or five. And yeah. actually if psychosis had pinned him outside at any single time at all, then he would have won. So it's not that Ray Mysterio is better than psychosis because psychosis has beaten him far more times in one match. It's He's more cunning. It's the psychosis is stupider than Rey Mysterio. Yeah. She just wasn't as compelling to me as as some of the other bits. Totally. I mean, I know that you know it's 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 one of those weird things. You know, you've got this this beautiful story they've told with with Eddie and Dean, and you know you, you get this one that kind of shows you that you know life isn't a fairy tale and if you lose your shoe at midnight it's because you're drunk rather than because you've got a prince coming for you but it just doesn't quite hold for me it doesn't yeah yeah it's, it's a fun match yeah I but... agree yeah so Ray picked up the win then got the ECW Tag Team Championship match uh, Sam and Two Cold Scorpio defending their belts against the public enemy, and isn't it said the, the whoever pins gets the East Heavyweight Title match? Yeah. So later in the night, and, yeah. but if anyone scores a pinfall against Two Cold Scorpio, they would also TV not only title. get the tag team belts, but that person would be the tag team, the, yeah. the TV so title if champion. Either of, 
Public Enemy pin Two Cold Scorpio. Yep. They win the tag championships. The one who takes the pin wins the TV title. Yeah. And that double champion also goes on to the main event of the evening to wrestle Mikey Whipwreck for the world title. If my, if Scorpio wins, then he remains the TV champion and then goes on to and the tag champion and then goes on to face Mikey. And if Sandman wins, he remains the tag champion, doesn't get the TV championship, but does go on to face Mikey. Boom. All we know is one of these four people is definitely fighting Mikey later in the night. 100%. Nothing's going to stop him. I got really emotional during this match. Explain why. The crowd saying, please don't leave. And obviously, Joey Styles explaining that obviously the public enemy aren't under contract and are free to go. Um, <laughs> Which is after exactly. Watching the DVD, after watching the DVD, I don't think anyone's under contract. <laughs> <laughs> Um, again though it's it's perfect isn't it you put someone who's not under contract in a match where they can basically leave that night with every belt in the company yeah I mean what (laughs) what a cluster that could have been they could be throwing all three all four of those belts in a bin on WCW TV oh look what we got here welcome to Nitro (laughs) Yeah, this is the very last. Apart from obviously in the next couple of episodes, we're going to probably see this match pop up. I think this is the last we see of the public kind of mode Which for a couple of years. But you know what that means, didn't you? We're going to have to find their WCW debut. <laughs> yeah, because that's not on the DVD. That's <laughs> because it's the best of Public Enemy. Oh, exactly. it's only going to get better. So, yes, that happens. Um,. Match was alright, exactly what you kind of expected, really. Darts off with a dance off. Standard. Every na, single na, na, person na, na, na. doing the dancing. If you're happy, you know it, happy your hands, as they all kind of do the, 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 the cabbage patch. and. Sandman's got a cool knee thing that he does. <laughs> He's got this move. The, the, the where... slight little lean. Yeah, obviously did it once. It felt good, and he just—he's got no reason to change it. He just sort of wiggles the knees and sort of just sort of balances there, and sort of was like, "Ooh, hey, I like it." Um, yeah, it was, it was just a classic kind of ECW style match, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was everything we've seen before. Just, um, just wild kind of brawl. They're all sort of like spooled out. Sandman. Falls off the um, the top off the rope and ends up getting the free count on Grunge. So he'll yeah, get away. I hate this finish. Yeah, he's kind of out on his feet. The story is he's kind of out on his feet. Um, collapses on him, who then yeah, gets the pin, I, I, even though he doesn't know it. I don't off. hate it. I just think the timing was just off. It just feels overdone. Yeah. If it was just like a whole sort of plunder and then everyone fell, you'd be like, oh. But it's the way he was just sort of there. Leaning for a while, and you thought, hey, what's Sandman doing? It's beginning at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, Sandman gets a world title match later I on. I did like the celebrations. Or the dancing. No, the spilling of the beer oh. moment. <laughs> so, Sandman is destroyed, has collapsed on them because he's uh, been hit by the drive by and therefore kind of collapses on. Um, and uh, is so destroyed by this and obviously has this big match that he has to get ready for because it's important. Um, so he's, he's brought back to life by the the sacred elixir of beer. Oh. Um, and in doing so is rejuvenated. But in this process, too cold, too gold, Scorpio. Um, he was fat shamed at the beginning of this match for some reason. Um spills the beer and almost starts the rivalry in the beef that we've not seen since the bad breed yeah mm. boom 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 to go boom 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 that takes us to our next match after a video recap of Bella Vonzo versus Todd Gordon with Beulah as that special guest referee. 
who hasn't put as much effort into her outfit as Taz has put in his. I feel sorry for Taz that he had such a short point in this when he's put so much effort in, when Beulah, who has a bigger part in this match, a bigger slot in the uh, card, has put such little effort in. That's the way it goes. I feel that's an injustice, and I hope that at some point karma plays through. Yeah. She rests there. So... Could I, you know, what were your both of your thoughts when we got to the Todd Gordon, uh, Bill Alfonso match, and you saw it had a fifteen-minute timestamp? Um, <laughs> I didn't think that fifteen minutes would be full of wrestling, which I was kind of right. Um, but I, I did like the, I did like, I didn't like the early goings, but I think the payoff worked. This is the thing, it's like, going into this match, you knew it wasn't going to be a classic, you knew it was going to be brutal by the, what their exchanges already had, but it was probably the most built match. Absolutely. It was. I just remembered one massive thing that we totally didn't bring up. But yeah. You will do that in a second. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, so the hype behind the match has got probably the longest build, you know, than any other match on this card. So you, you kind of didn't expect it to be a, a classic. No, I, I accepted that sort of going into it, but um, yeah. So it's um. It's a brutal match. Todd Gordon has uh, come out with his fists taped because he's a badass. <coughs> he really is. He's an ass man. <laughs> um, cuts a, a scathing promo on him at some point, which I can't even remember what he said, but it was all very high-pitched and squeaky. It's all hurtful. Um Fonzie loses his call and, and whacks Beulah. Yep. And puts Beulah out of the match. And um, then um, uh, Commissioner Gordon gets the uh, the upper hand and pins Fonzie, but there is no one there to count the fall. If only we had someone who could come out and save us. Yeah, but no one's got, like, a referee this time, let alone a license. I know. I mean, and who would be brave enough to walk down? Bill Alfonso is knocking out people. <laughs> You'd have to be a total badass to come out and do that. Um, yeah, Taz re-emerges as the hero of the night. Oh, the twist of the night. Oh, this is true. So, yeah, excitement everywhere. It's Taz, the beers. And um, it causes quite a bit of controversy. Dylan wants to break this down. Fancy's breaking it down. Yes. Yeah, so, Anyone? I'll, Come on. Jesus I'll, Christ, I'll, man. Someone I'll, step up. I'll jump in. Taz comes down, and obviously you're expecting him to... He is a face. Um, so you're expecting him to... I mean, he was when good. we saw him knock Jason out like 45 minutes before this. Oh, yeah, he was. He was. But he decides to knock Todd Gordon out. Um, yeah. Grab the mic. Um, and pretty much say that no one called him when he was at home. No one cared. No pays bills. Apart from... Bill Alfonso. Bill Alfonso apparently did care. He did help him put food on the table for his kids. Um, yeah, Bill Alfonso has won a very powerful ally. Now, what was apparent while watching this really, really good promo is that this was ECW home video and not ECW TV. Because Taz just went F-bomb crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was. <laughs> he said shit, didn't he, as well? Yeah, I mean, went absolutely 
ape shit on this and you know there was obviously a lot of frustration um you know the the, the behind the scenes stuff says that you know this is how he felt um you know he he really he didn't get this outpouring of, of support from the fans and stuff so felt quite put out by it um and took all of that out on on uh, everyone in this promo um but yeah just a, a really good re- you know it, it's the grumpy angry taz that as ecw fans we know and love and it's not the you know oh, oh gosh you know i'm just here to give him a good match and i'm hoping i can do my best that we've kind of seen before um so it was it was fantastic it, he looked like a killer um you know trying to threaten the crowd and offer the crowd in um he really did threaten some guy to come in yeah the last time i saw a head like that it was coming out of someone's pants um oh. you know it was uh, yeah he was he was absolutely on fire and just was um killing it it was brutal it was good it was a nice nice bit of anger that you needed to see Man, you're looking forward to see promos in future weeks. Obviously, Hill has he's obviously going to be um, better. I just hope he can talk more than Alfonso does. But we'll yeah, see. well, I think it'll probably be a balance between the two. But Fonzi, I thought was great in this as well because you know the, the the camera was close up on him as Taz is cutting the promo, and Fonzi's kind of chirping away. So you know, no one cared, no one, no one rang, no one looked after me, no one, and you got Fonzi in the camera just going, "I did, I cared." And and it was just really brilliant, you know. It's it's amazing. I think, um, you know, if, if Taz is the polo, then then Fonzie's the hole. So it's a really good combination. Yeah, no, it was perfect, wasn't it? Very really well. So going, suck his dick, suck his dick. <laughs> I thought on home video, Jesus. Crowd work. Crowd ready. A little bit raucous, weren't they? You know, so Bueller comes in and it's, you know, show your tits, show your tits. So demanding. Yeah, it was disappointing. It never happens. So disappointing. Didn't it didn't happen in your cup? No. No. Oh. No. Um, I've got parental settings on the PlayStation. Quite right, too. Next up, we have Mikey Whitbrick versus the Sandman for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. I mean, this has been building, and after the the, the fight that Sandman's gone through, I'm really looking forward to this match, and I think he's earned his title shot. The dance machine. Um, as Sandman is on his way to the ring, he suddenly dives into the camera, smack it out of the way, and Steve Austin emerges from the background, where he's obviously attacked him on the way to the ring. And... Um, <laughs> Yes. He really did an unbelievable, like a believable number on him. Yeah, stun gun like, yeah, on the railings. Yeah, coming back from that, the stun gun was. Oh. Yeah, stun gun on the railings, then heads to the ring and calls out Mikey. He's taking Sandman's title shot, and I guess you'd kind of believe this is the night that Austin would win the belt. Yeah, it was all lining up that way. So next up, Mikey Whitbread versus Steve Austin for the ECW. Um, Heavyweight title. Again, a decent match. Just Austin just kind of kicking the crap out of him. He, he looked like an absolute megastar in this match, I thought so. This just went back to the whole days of like Mikey getting whipped, but actually ended up winning. Like, mm. Which was, I felt that was the perfect story for this match. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think if... I think the plan was to put the belt on Austin, but obviously looking at documentaries that I've watched and everything, like... Austin didn't want the belt. He would Research, rather baby. be the chaser. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so a couple of things kind of stuck out of me. I thought it was a good match. I loved the him hitting the Hogan leg drop and Mikey kicking out. I I, I think that's a great yeah. you know, fuck you to, to Hogan and stuff. Um, I think this was Austin's first beer in a wrestling match. He grabbed one that was meant for the Sandman on his way out and uh, oh, swigged it and spot. threw it away. Good spot. Good spot. Um, I also think the referees, a hack and Bill Alfonso might have a, a, a good plan on this because that was definitely a fast count. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's not the only one we'll see tonight. 
But um, this must be very close to Whipwreck introducing the Whippersnapper as his finish. Because I thought he did it before Austin left, which is why Austin took it with him. It could be. Um, which then leads to my next point. Stun gun versus the stunner. Which do you think looks the better? Which is with the better finisher? Um, I, I'm, I, I'm going to say stunner. Stun gun... I can I'll see. say stunner because we. Well, my thing is, for for where he wants to go, you can't be stun gunning people like Big Show and stuff like that. And also, you need to be in a ring, whereas yeah. the Stone Cold Stunner you can hit anywhere. You need to be in a ring and by the ropes. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. but I thought it looked. I I think it looks more impressive than the Stone Cold Stunner. Well, it looks like it kills. I mean, even with the, the super selling of The Rock and AJ Styles and whoever else. That's the thing. It looks like it absolutely sort of um, yeah, destroys them. But I, I think overall, I think Stunner is a, a a better move, in my opinion. But um, yeah, end of the match comes with Mikey getting the roll-up and the victory. And the fast count. And the fast count, retaining that title, which um, was amazing. I think it just sort of worked because it it looked like a fluke, but yep. it gets everything still rolling, so the story's still there, and um, yeah, it's perfect. Go, Mikey. Um, now the next match is something that we haven't touched on that happened earlier on in the show. Obviously, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about Sabu was on Nitro fighting Disco Inferno. Well. Sabu is back in ECW. He was unveiled at the beginning of the show, well, second match, you know, whatever, by Paulie Dangerously, and now we have Hack Myers versus the returning Sabu. Now, one thing that we got wrong two weeks ago, Sabu is the first Triple Crown winner. Yeah. Which I learned I... from this episode, and it reminded me that, like, oh, it's Sabu, not Wimp. Yeah. Very true. He kind of just, yeah, he just did it, didn't he? It was well. Yeah, at one point held both world title and TV at one time. I think he did, and I remember that now that they've told me about it. But yeah, it was one of those kind of weird, um, completely out of my mind. And part of that was because it was such a random thing that was occurring at the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, he he was, and did get kind of given belts and won stuff and yeah very weird hmm he did well he did very well so um yeah that's all happened so his his first match is back against the uh the Shah Shah yeah, which I mean, is an interesting one. I don't know why that would be your first opponent. It could have been just as simple as he was there. That's true. Yeah, he might have just. Well, he said Paul Paul Dentry said he was turning back like time. Was this not Sabu's first match in ECW? I don't know who Sabu first ever wrestled. I don't remember it being. Sure. No, I think he was turning back time in the sense that he was calling out. And, and managing Sabu. Right, okay. I'm trying to think. Who was his... Uh... I'm, guessing the, I'm guessing the Shah had to wrestle someone. Yeah. I mean, Shah was like, he's, he's popular, isn't he? So... He is, but that's what confused me with it. He's, he's, he's popular, and they made it a competitive match. Maybe that was the message behind it, saying, hey, look, you're back, but don't get too full of yourself, matey. Still got the Shah here. Whatever you can do, the Shah can do as well. Yeah, exactly. Still got the but Shah. it kind of split the audience a bit, which which surprised me they'd 
want to do. Hmm. Maybe just they felt there wouldn't be. I don't know. I don't know. No. Strange. It was strange. It's it was. It was a very strange match. You know, Sabu had at least for a big chunk of the match seemed to change his style, bring it down a lot. Um, yeah, it all happened too fast. I mean, him returning would have been enough. Him appearing at the end of... If the lights went out at the end of the Cactus Jack match or something and he appeared, it would have been enough. Or whatever. Yeah, totally. Him appearing at the end of the Stevie match and attacking Stevie, it would have been... It didn't need... You know, the... And the handshake at the end was a bit like I'm guessing he's gone away from the homicidal. Like I, I was waiting for him to actually like turn heel, or I don't know. Well, yeah, he goes. Just, he goes back. Was a bit the whole like yeah. uh, his respect and shook his hand and. Hmm. Obviously, they go back to all that sort of thing, don't they? So God knows, really. But yes, Sabu's back, picks up a bit. It takes to main event time. Raven and Cactus Jack versus Tommy Dreamer, Derry, your funk. What do we think? Messy. <sighs> yeah. It wasn't a classic. Yeah, Cactus Jack coming up wearing a Dungeon of Doom shirt, which I thought was quite funny. So he's still going on for his... Um, Love for WCW. I mean, the, the shirt underneath was even better. Um, so, yeah, because uh, we'll jump around in this. Um, he's, so he's wearing this Dungeon of Doom uh, thing and, and uh, you know, has Dungeon of Doom with a big old heart on the back, which is amazing. Um, and then halfway through the match, he takes this T-shirt off and under, underneath um, he's got a T-shirt which on the back says, forgive me, Uncle Eric, and on the front has a picture of Eric Bischoff's face. Um which is great, and then made even greater by the fact that um, some of the spots is then Tommy Dreamer pulling this up above his uh, head. So he's punching the face of Eric Bischoff whilst punching Cactus Jack, um, which was a really nice touch. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, no, massively. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun match. It's exactly what you sort of expected from it, really. I felt Raven had a had a decent sort of standout match. I was, I was worried he was of everyone. I thought he might have got caught up in the mix a bit, but he, he held his own and had sort of the poses with the blood on his face and that sort of thing. So I thought that was big. Yeah. Well, because he thought of everyone in the feud, even though obviously this is just an extent of the Dreamer Raven feud. I was sort of worried that he was gonna, you know, be the guy that got forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was he was kind of the one without a story going in kind of thing even though you know he's he's the 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 right the crux behind it all. Yeah. Exactly. So I I just thought it was um yeah, it was a decent showing. Decent showing for him. I felt he needed it. And yeah, was it the ring was a right mess in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was just messy and carnage. Always. It wasn't a classic. It was all right. There was better matches on the cards. That's it. It was for me. It was a garbage match. It was It was 18 minutes of them hitting each other with stuff. I mean, what would have your main event been? Um, for giving more time, probably... Um, Austin Whipwreck. Yeah. If I'm honest. I think that, you know, the the biggest built match for this card um, and the one which potentially had the most implications was uh, Fonzie Gordon. Well, yeah, the only problem with that being the main event is you kind of, it's obvious then that something big's happening. For that yeah. to be main event on the card, um, because if you saw that, you'd be I like, mean, "What?" To be honest, Jack and uh, and 
Funk and Raven and Dreamer has to go on last just because they can't fucking tidy up after that to get anyone else in to the ring. True. So it was going to be such a wreckage of a match that they needed not to have the, the audience sitting around for 20 minutes while they try and tidy up after it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on, a, on just a, a pure practical level, I think it has to go last. Um, I think if you're talking about some of the biggest stars you've got, then Raven and Jack and Funk and Dreamer are them. Um, but yeah, just the quality of the match, it wasn't it wasn't one of the better matches for no. me. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But um, overall, I enjoyed the show. Absolutely, it's it's um, you know it, it is it did feel like a big show. It felt like a big deal. Um, ton of stuff happens. The, the entire company shifts and moves because of it, which is what you're looking at for it. You know, some things end, some things begin. Um, you know, Sabu coming back was huge. Um, yeah, you know, the the, the Taz turn is huge. Yeah, I mean... Austin not getting the title is huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I get annoyed. I understand it's because of the music and the way it's all done, but I am a fan of continually flowing shows. Like the early ROH shows used to annoy me because it would just be like cut, 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 rather than just a flowing show like you'd... Stuff like that. So things like that sort of annoy me slightly, but it's, it's doable. Like, it didn't feel like... It felt like a bunch of really cool segments. You know, what, what, definitely. Oh, instead of just like a complete flowing. I don't want to say pay per view because I know it wasn't, but like a pay per view. Yeah. Where it's just, you know, you cut to the back and then say music hit and someone's come down. It was just like cut, cut, cut. But that's just, you know, that's not a big thing. It's just, you know, opinions. But no, overall, really good. Enjoyed it. We're getting there. We're now heading towards the end of the year. Um, we'll keep you updated on social media because we don't know what we're going to do, but obviously we need to skim the next couple of shows because back in Hardcore TV, everything is going to be recapping this event because obviously this wasn't on TV. It's a mad way that people would get later on, so a lot of it would be on the Hardcore TV, so there's no point us redoing it again. So... Either there's going to be an episode that says we cover about a million episodes where we talk about things very briefly, or we're literally just going to say, look, we're jumping straight to whatever month. So we'll keep you posted. Yeah. On that. So, I mean, from, from the very quick look I've had, um, I think that there's a couple of promos for us to watch to see if there's anything to reference. But actually, the first episode we probably come back to and talk about would be the December the 12th episode of uh ecw hardcore tv yeah. so we'd we'd kind of start the the next episode with um a very very quick run through of the three tvs between november to november and december the 12th um and then maybe do december the 12th um as the big one so um not gonna be a lot covered from the next three weeks because most of it is rehashes of everything we've just talked about exactly so just I'll throw that out there, yeah, for people following along. There's no point in watching them necessarily because it's going to be the same show. And speaking of show, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you check out at underscore Sports Arena on Instagram and Twitter for all ECW chat and modern day wrestling opinions. That's always got something going on, polls and pictures and all kinds of exciting stuff. Um, also go to zazzle.co.uk or .com simply search for Sports Arena check out all of our beautiful t-shirts that will make you look cool other merchandise as well whatever you fancy fancy little something get it llama or a pack there's loads of stuff going on get involved maybe more designs coming fairly soon maybe more designs up now who knows <gasps> go check who knows everyone rush run um yeah, and that's that point of the show, the cold November rain where I disappear and these do their thing. So, see you later, alligator. It is time for us to do our thing, and more importantly, it's time for Griff to entertain us and dazzle us with his spoken word 
poetry that only he can do. Um, I, as always, have uh, assessed the wasteland of November to remember, um, to find something that has inspired me from this to get Griff to do a dramatic reading of. I did consider the the Taz promo, um, but Griff, uh, spoilers, has a swear jar in his house and he couldn't afford uh, to do the whole promo. Um, so, 50p. Um, so, um, I, I uh, thought I'd take inspiration from Heyman uh, pulling the clock back and reintroducing uh, the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal Sabu. Um, and Heyman, the producer, uh, seeing here with his headset on, introducing Sabu, had uh, a, a brilliant knack of uh, making these people um, really play to their positives, uh, as we will see when we watch Public Enemy in, in WCW. Um, and his the best thing he could do with Sabu, the best thing he ever did with Sabu, I think, was not to let him cut a promo. And I think Sabu, we will all agree, says it best when he says nothing at all. So to channel his inner Ronan Keating, here is Griff. It's amazing how you can speak right to my heart without saying a word. You can light up the dark. Try as I may, I could never explain what I hear when you don't say a thing. The smile on your face lets me know that you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. The touch of your hand says you'll catch me wherever I fall. You say it best when you say nothing at all. All day long I can hear people talking out loud. Ooh. When you hold me near, you hold me near. You drown out the crowd. Drown out the crowd. Try as they may, they can never define what's being said between your heart and mine. The smile on your face lets me know that you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. The touch of your hand says you'll catch me wherever I fall. You say it best. You say it best. When you say nothing at all. Daddy, 